and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host Jillian Parker. Hey everyone! Hey Quinn! Hello Jillian, how are you doing? I'm doing good! We are, once again, um, <laughs> home and just recording from our separate fortresses, but it's fine. I miss you though. Wait, why are we in fortresses? I mean, that's fine. But yes, I am home now. I couldn't think of the word for house, so, so <laughs> my next word was fortress. You know what? That's that's fine. Like I'm okay. This this is great. <laughs> oh my god, I hate myself so much. <laughs> On that note, yes, we are both home now. I am home um, in the land without internet, which is great. I mean, I do have internet, but barely anyway (laughs) but it's nice to just get a chance to sleep a lot um I I say that I have I'm still working all the time because that's what I do but that's fine how are you I'm doing good also working a lot just studying for the GRE working on my thesis you know the usual (laughs) oh you have actual schoolwork I forgot that you're like a real student I don't think that's true (laughs) That you're that you're a real student? No, because I had to do a peer review for this girl's paper, and I just like was I was just not having it. So I literally Googled like how to make paper seem longer and played around with fonts for like half an hour <laughs> to find a font that like didn't make it look too obvious that I was trying to use a bigger font. You're really into this font process. Oh my god, I love fonts. Yes. All right, we cannot get sidetracked with this. Um, <laughs> moving on from that, I it is almost Christmas, um, and we both celebrate Christmas, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, keep Christ in Christmas, as every Catholic school that I've ever been to would always remind us during the holiday season. I mean, that's fair. Like, it's a religious holiday. It's just I don't celebrate it as a religious holiday, and that's my own prerogative. But, you know, going to the true meaning of Christmas capitalism oh yes capitalism consumerism whatever you want to call it the holidays are here and shopping online is you know a blessing and a curse yeah we'd like to start today with a bit of a lighter story although i'll tell you if this happens to me it is not a light story it is a life or death situation but there's been a surge of what are being referred to as porch pirates which are people that steal online shopping packages off of people's porches Yeah, and it's, like, becoming more of a problem just, one, because of the holiday season, and then, two, just because the amount of packages or the amount of online orders that people have has just, like, grown exponentially over the past few years. Is this a problem that you've noticed at all? Because, like, you live near other people, right? Yes. Um, I would say by me, not that, not really, I don't think. My street is, like, pretty small, and so I feel like a lot of people know where who everyone is and stuff so i feel like stealing someone else's package would just be a little awkward well i mean i'm gonna assume that it's mostly people who don't live in the neighborhood who are stealing these packages no no no. but that's that's the thing though like i feel like someone like our street is small enough that everyone knows each other but like also large enough that like at any given time there's at least someone like home and I, i don't know i just i don't know and i feel like enough people like have security cameras and stuff that yeah but I don't know. What, and you live in the middle of nowhere, so you do not have this issue. No, we do not have this issue. Um, it's like no one, no one would trek up to my house just to steal a package. 
Also, it would just be funny because if anyone was home, it would be like this mysterious car drives up the driveway. And our driveway is a quarter of a mile long and we are the only people who live here. Like, I don't live on a street. And so if anyone, if a stranger drove up I, and if someone was home, we'd immediately be like, who the hell is that? And, <laughs> um, and then if they try to come up with reports, we'd be like, go away. Like, what? Yeah. yeah, it would be. I mean, if no one was home, you could do it. But no one would do that anyway because, again, middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a porch pirate and you just have to do the cost benefit analysis, probably not worth it to trek up your quarter mile driveway. This is a serious issue because I mean, this is property theft and this is incredibly like just illegal and not okay. Um, but it's also this article that is in the show notes about this is kind of funny, just because there are a couple phrases like porch pirates have darkened people's doorsteps for years. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, like, funny because there are these, like, dramatic phrases like that, like, Porsche pirates darkening whatever, and then it'll just be, like, switched to, like, normal, like, and shopping online has escalated in the past, like, blah, 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 so it's just, like, a very, this weird dichotomy. I really like this article. Actually, the entire episode is just going to be Quinn reading <laughs> the article in a dramatic voice with lots of creepy music in the background. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> But this is an issue I actually think about at school because how the mail rooms at school work is there's just like a room with packages in it and then students go and pick up their packages. And I could literally could just steal other people's stuff. Like there is nothing that could prevent me from doing that, which is kind of weird. It's just a very much an honor system. Yeah, but I feel like also like, I don't know, but I just feel like our emails lately, people have been like, did someone take this package number and like blah 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 blah? So it's I don't know. It's kind of like maybe it was a mistake, but it's just like one of those things where you can like easily write it off as a mistake, right? Like oh, I didn't see if that you do get caught. Yeah, it really is. Potentially, people have been taking packages because there have been some mysterious disappearances lately, which is not okay. Yeah, like when I first came to school and I learned that this was how the mail system worked, I was so shook because my other school like first we would get an email about a package and then we would have to like personally sign it out and show like id and like they had to do this whole thing it was it was a process let me tell you i think that well it's done by dorm right and i think that some of the dorms um do have more security but our dorm is just like whatever (laughs) really yeah I think, yeah, ours was just, like, it was a whole, it was a school system, but there was still, like, it was still done by dorm. Like, just every dorm had this, had to do this. Interesting. But back to the porch pirate topic, Rosek. One of the things that has come out recently try to combat this problem is Amazon is doing this new thing where you can give um, delivery people permission to enter your home, basically, and there's, like, a specific lock that you can get on your door that they can open and they can put the package inside your house which would solve the problem of thieves taking your packages but cause more problems number one there's now a stranger in your house yeah when i first saw this i think it's called like amazon key or something i was just like very freaked out i was like hmm this seems safe yeah and i mean even more than delivery people being in your house which is honestly probably fine um, in, in all but like the margin cases, it's that like now you have a lock on your door that there's some kind of 
like outside system, outside company that has the power to unlock it. And I mean, that's kind of all locks and it's not like I'm sure it's probably actually more secure with encryption than like a normal lock and key. I don't know. But there's something about that that just seems more vulnerable and like you're painting a target on yourself and it's just psychologically very disturbing. Yeah, I think especially going off that, like I think it's just this concept of just giving kind of giving up a piece of your home security just to, you know, a corporation like Amazon. Um, like I, I mean, like Amazon does have a monopoly. Apple has a monopoly. Like I already sold my soul to Apple. We know that, but, um, it's just like, it's just something weird about Amazon now having access, not kind of access, kind of not access, but essentially access into your home. I like how you brought Apple in the middle of that sentence, even though it wasn't relevant. Yeah, I know. I'm just still really happy that I got my computer fixed. (laughs) Oh, congratulations. Yes. Um, I had to have one key replaced, but because of the way the laptops work, I had to have the entire keyboard removed and replaced and a new trackpad put in. So here we are. Yep. Well, I'm glad you got your computer fixed. Um, But at any rate, the number one thing that people are doing to combat these is mostly, I think, having cameras. There's, like, a couple of different services that, like, um, are specifically designed for cameras for your front porch and everything. And so they're hoping to be able to to catch these thieves and prevent these crimes. There was one... mentioned in this article of a nanny who witnessed like people stealing packages from the front porch of the place she was babysitting and just ran them down and like apprehended one of them until the police got there which is incredible yeah that's pretty baller she should definitely get a raise (laughs) um yeah that's that's still just ugh porch pirates regular pirates all of this is just like very it's just freaky. it's funny that they call them porch pirates we can just can we just say that's funny because pirates are like you know people on the high seas pirates of the caribbean now they're stealing amazon packages from your porch oh how the mighty have fallen <laughs> pride cometh before the fall um yeah i would just because like quinn mentioned this and she's like oh we should talk about this so i googled like pirates packages like packages christmas and it was just, like, all of this stuff for Peter Pan and Tinkerbell, like, merchandise. And I was like, hmm, I don't think this is it. Also a pretty good Google search, but not what I was talking about. Would you, like, when you... I say, like, when you grow up, but, like, we're technically adults, but... Only um, technically. Would you have, like, a lot of... <laughs> would you have a lot of security measures in, like, your home? Like, the one that you would have eventually? I mean, if I actually buy a house... Which, you know, economy. But anyway, um, assuming I buy a house someday, then, like, I would want to have security measures. Yeah, my house is, uh, my current house is pretty well secured. Because um, even though we live in the middle of nowhere, we did get robbed one time, like, 10 years ago. And now I actually do live in a fortress. And so I think that I've gotten kind of used to, like, that that amount of security. Um mm-hmm. And so yeah, I think I would I would have some some systems if I could afford it to be able to provide some security in my home. What about you? No, yeah, I agree. Like I think statistically speaking, the probability of being robbed is like pretty low. Like obviously that changes depending on where you live, but also when you pay for a security system, you're not only paying just for like that extra, you know, level of security, you're also paying for peace of mind. Yeah, exactly. 
which is what we're paying for a lot of the time with a lot of things. So last week, the Federal Communications Commission or the FCC in the United States officially voted to repeal net neutrality. Um, it was voted on a three-two line, um, which is on party lines, which is what everyone expected to happen. Um, despite the fact that there was, in fact, overwhelming bipartisan support to maintain net neutrality, um, the FCC did end up voting to uh, repeal the regulations that were put in place. Um, and so what this means now is that, like, uh, what what had happened in 2015 is that um, basically, like, Internet service providers were officially classified under Title II, which meant they were like categorized as utilities, um, the same as, you know, like cable and heat and water and just like utilities. And so that they couldn't be, uh, so there couldn't be any like discriminatory practices in any way in the way that like this and the way that like the internet was gotten to people. Um, and so, uh, now they have repealed that um, that classification, like, under Title II. And um, with that has sort of, like, Im- implicitly repealed. Because, I mean, like, there had been um, different, like, rules and regulations up to this 2015 decision to, like, s- solidify net neutrality. Um, but they, ha- they hadn't been, like, as strong or as official or as legally binding. And so now with this repeal, it's just sort of like, okay, well, now we, we are back in more of this gray space. Um and this sort of implicitly also gets rid of like some of those uh, less strong regulations that happened before, um, before 2015. And now we are getting towards the space of like, okay, well now we have, um, we don't have regulations put upon the internet service providers. And now what happens next? Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Cue dramatic music. I first, before we talk about this, I just want to say like, did you think that this was going to happen? Or, like, what was your gut reaction, I guess? I mean, unfortunately, we knew this was going to happen. Um, like like I said, we saw this hap- this vote happen along party lines, which is how everything seems to happen right now, which is really unfortunate. Um, and it is really con- it is concerning on one level, even beyond the idea of this specific case and net neutrality. It's concerning to see such like an outpouring of public support for a certain issue and then seeing a very, very select few people choose another way. And I mean, I do believe in representational government and like the idea that um, like people are put into positions of power because we trust their decisions in, in a way that like we trust them to speak for the people and also like to the, make the best decisions for the people. But in this case, they're not speaking for the people, um, like pretty clearly. And, and then I also don't believe this is the best decision for the people. Other people might argue that not a lot judging by the numbers that we've seen, but you know, um, and so like that, it, that we, beyond the, the just like the specific issue of net neutrality is very concerning. And like, I think that's a pattern that we're seeing over and over again um, and more frequently in recent years um, is just like non-representational decisions. But that's more of a big picture issue. Yeah, I mean, that's just one one piece of the puzzle. But yeah, on that note, I mean, before we talk about um, potential features of net neutrality, 
there is definitely going to be a lot of backlash. There is currently a lot of backlash. Like this is not a fight that is over yet. Um, there could still be a congressional overturn. There can be this can be taken to court and probably will be taken to court. Um, there are going to be a lot of people in the government and um, private citizens who are fighting back against this decision. And I mean, it might take years, but I do believe that this is something that will be taken to court. And I mean, optimistically, will eventually be overturned and that um, like ISCs will again be certified under Title II or an, an equivalent form of regulation that guarantees um, as free as open internet as possible. That is my hope. That is my belief. I'm going to try to help with what I can do for that. Yeah. Woo. Like if this is important to you, definitely, you know, go out there and do what you can because we matter sometimes. Sometimes we do our best. Hey, for effort. So on that slightly trying to be optimistic tone, um, let's just talk about, I guess, what we th- what's going to happen or what we think is going to happen um, without these net neutrality protections. Like, what is the internet going to be like? There are tons of articles out there that say what could happen, what couldn't happen, things like that. Um, but it's still interesting to talk about, even though no one really knows what's going to happen. Like, one article says, like, all bets are off, and that's kind of true, which is scary, but c'est la vie or whatever. And we're discussing, well, like, okay, so this is where we're at. And beyond the idea of, like, congressional overturn or activism, um, which I do believe is, like, a surety regardless of whether or not it works um it's more like well in the meantime with isps what are what is could potentially happen um and yeah like the true answer is that no one really knows but we do have some guesses um i mean there are options the most extreme negative option is basically like well isps just continue to become um more more like a monopoly than they already are and like continue to consolidate power and then start like blocking certain websites unless you pay more and blocking access like altogether to certain places and censoring disseminating opinions from like their services or the people who are paying into their services and just like a very totalitarian idea and so like that is one extreme of the spectrum um, the other extreme of the spectrum is everything is great and like competition flows and now prices are lower and innovation is higher. And this is sort of the, the vision that the FCC has sold us. Um, I don't necessarily believe in either of these visions 100%. I do think the positive one is the least likely, but that's just me. I feel like the positive, most efficient thing always is the least likely. Like it's that thing in game theory and economics or um basically it's like prisoner's dilemma where like ideally for two companies it would do better they would save more money if they like did not advertise but because like each of them has the incentive to advertise they like end up both advertising even though like it's really not that efficient yeah prisoner's dilemma is a lot of things (laughs) so i guess like Quinn gave the extremes, but it's probably going to end up somewhere in the middle. Who knows where in the middle? Yeah. And I mean, the, the one of the other options is like there's no visible difference and that ISPs continue to respect the the more of like the unspoken or the, the, the less heavily um, enforced 
restrictions of the internet, like pre these stricter regulations, um, and that we just see a return to more of like an honor system, I guess. Um, but I also find this scenario fairly unlikely um, because, first of all, like with historical basis, we d- we did see cases of ISPs trying to. Um, in some ways regulate or throttle the content that they are providing to their users in different ways um, before the 2015 decision was made. I'll give a small shout out to Matthew on Twitter um, for pulling together some examples that, that, that have been researched of like ISPs doing this. Um, And they're not a huge number, but like these are things that we did see um, in the years uh, before the 2015 election. Um, Like in 2007, Comcast was um, throttling or sometimes blocking access to BitTorrent, um, even though even sometimes when it was like, I mean, Torrent is famous for, you know, illegally downloading things. But um, even for some legitimate uses, like it was throttling access to BitTorrent. Um, in 2012, AT&T tried to restrict access to FaceTime, which that's, see, that's one of those things that you're like, what? But, um, they wanted to only have it to people who would sign up for a specific data plan. Um, or like in a different direction, Comcast announced that like people who, like this, the, um, data that was used, if you were using a Comcast Xbox streaming video service, then it wouldn't count against your data cap. So like Xbox like Comcast's service got a bonus over other people's streaming services. Um, they had to compete for just the limited data. And these are just different cases of like the, the different there, there, they seem like pretty subtle. Um, I mean the blocking FaceTime one is pretty extreme, but the, like these different more subtle ways of the, the ways ISPs, um, try to influence, um, what their users are doing and, and using their connections for. Yeah, so I guess like looking just at less less extreme examples and just looking at what really could happen, I think someone mentioned um, that what other countries do that do not have net neutrality is that you have to pay for these bundles where um, you pay like $5 for like to use Facebook or you pay like $10 to use Facebook and Twitter. So I think, I personally think that's what's going to happen is that you're just going to have to either pay extra money to have like unlimited access to whatever essentially what you had before um versus like paying just smaller increments in order to have access to like facebook and twitter and things like that what do you think Quinn? what would i guess your ideal if you can't have the unfortunately we probably won't be able to have the ideal situation that everybody wants which is like the most positive one um but where do you think where do you think it's going to slide on the spectrum or land on the spectrum I think that, like, in my own prediction of the most likely scenario, um, and maybe this is just pessimistic of me, but I do kind of believe that, like, since this issue has been thrust so much to the forefront um, and that now it's it's instead of having these um, these rules that, like, sometimes didn't have enough structure and that, like, some of these things could still slip through, like, we, are, we have explicitly pulled away the the rules that classify like this and i think that a lot of isps are going to see that more as open permission to like break the rules that we have decided for free and open internet which are a real thing by the way um of more like integrity than legality but um and i i think that 
we're going to see these kinds of things increase and that maybe we won't necessarily see like priced out bundles immediately. Um, But I think that it is going to be, I mean, sort of like we talk about the concept of a slippery slope a lot. And I do think that this is something that could escalate bit by bit. um, And, and like as ISPs introduce things that's that, don't seem that bad because you know we we are so I think that um a lot of us have been really mad about sort of um these extreme scenarios of like immediately being priced out of things and like I am like clearly like very mad about those possibilities but I think what's more likely is that they'll do more subtle things first and sort of make everyone think oh okay like this isn't as bad as we feared it would be and then over time things will get progressively worse in a way that people aren't paying attention to as much anymore. That is my somewhat, yeah, that's my somewhat pessimistic prediction. No, yeah, that's a good point. It's like that whole, um, the whole analogy with the frog being dipped into that <laughs> boiling water. Like, you don't really know what's happening until you're, de- you're dead. But um, I think essentially what I'm trying to say is that no matter what, there's going to be some sort of entity that is regulating or not regulating something. And it's a choice of, do you want the government to regulate it and you trust the government to regulate it versus do you want these companies to regulate it or self-regulate among themselves? Um, And I think what most people say is that, yes, like the government regulating it would be a good thing because like, whatever it's much more you know for public interest in the public interest um consumers wouldn't be hurt as much in the short run um but i think just like for me personally like i rather have a bunch of corporations i think dictating what i can see as opposed to a government entity dictating what i can see because okay worst case scenario and the corporations are like nope you can't access this you can like I feel like it's one of those things where, like, you can just pay them more to, like, access it. And, yes, that's, like, not fair, um, and that sucks, but just something rubs me the wrong way when it comes to one single entity, say, like, the government, um, having complete or having this regulation where, yes, they're saying that the internet is free, but are we trusting them enough to make sure that it really is free and that there's not any shading, like, shady under-the-table stuff going on? I don't agree with, like, any of that. But we also should probably stop talking about this. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's fine. On a happier note, uh, there was a kind of surprising outcome in the Alabama Senate election last week, um, which was that Democrat Doug Jones beats Republican Roy Moore, which is the first time a Democrat has won that seat in decades. <laughs> uh, yeah, like 20 years or something. That's just... It, and it was a pretty close vote, I think, right? It was, it was pretty it was? close. It wasn't within the margin that triggers a recount, um, but it was relatively close. Yeah. So I guess people in Alabama uh, think that a Democrat is better than, you know, a child molester or whatever this guy was, whatever the Republican was in trouble for. Uh, yeah, I was molesting children. This is what this story is really all about. Because, um, I mean, beyond the... It, it really became... Uh, a pressure point for the Republican Party. Um, and it, I think it really, 
honestly like exposed a lot of really terrible things about the government of the Republican Party um, in this election because this is for this is a special election for a Senate seat in Alabama. Like I said, it's been Republican for decades. And Roy Moore was running against Doug Jones. Um, in most cases, like no one would have even really heard about this. Like the de- the Republican would have been elected, and that would have been that. Um, but uh, many people, like multiple people, um, over the course of the election, came out and alleged that Roy Moore had molested them when they were teenagers. Um, Roy Moore not only. <laughs> Uh, that and like he's been banned from malls because um, he was like harassing teenagers there and not only beyond that like had been let go from several positions um, like as a judge because he was so bad at it um, and had done some pretty nasty things and just like on and on um, it was a just really terrible candidate um, in so many ways and it cannot cannot stress enough that this person i have to keep using the word allegedly but you know there's been a there's been a lot of people who have talked about this um allegedly molested multiple children yes which is obviously not in great taste i think it's just i think it's just sad that like out of all these people like these i don't know much about Doug Jones but the fact that like Okay, so there's really not any Republican... Like, because Roy Moore came pretty far, just, like, in general, like, in politics, right? Like, being up for Senate is, you know, a pretty big deal. So it's just, like, weird things, like... How does someone this evil just, like, get to these places? Like, they're... I I don't know. I just don't trust the system. Well, I'm glad you asked, Jillian. Because um, the GOP government kept supporting him. But yeah, um, Trump put his full full speed ahead support against Roy Moore. Or uh, for Roy Moore, I mean. Um, which is just uh, despicable. Yeah, but I think that's just like... But did we? would we expect anything less? Like, would we expect anything else from Trump, though? But that's the thing. It's just like, I hate this whole world and this whole country and the fact that I don't expect more from the president of the United States than supporting a child molester. You know? Like, it shouldn't have to be the world that we live in. No, yeah, I agree. Like, I think it's awful, but, like, this is just... This is apparently what we have to deal with now. But, yeah, uh, Roy Moore continued to get... He got a Trump endorsement. He got RNC funding for this um, because the... GOP wanted to keep this seat in the Senate. Um, And that's... And I mean, well, of course, like, Trump has been accused of sexual misconduct by several women. Um, He has admitted it on tape before the election and still got voted as president. So, you know, um, it's really, like you said, like, it's not that surprising that... um, one abuser would protect another abuser and support him in this way. Like that's a pattern that we see over and over again, but it's still despicable. And it's still like, like, I can't accept that. I can't accept that as just something to deal with that. This is beyond. It's just overall, like no matter what party you're in, no matter what your political beliefs are, like there are major flaws in the system and people get elected into power who should not have been, 
been running for president and it's just like it's just really disheartening however Roymar did not win his election which is a really cool thing that happened because it was kind of surprising um because this is the country that we live in but yeah and i mean we have african-american voters to thank for that like especially black women like showed up and voted for doug jones um and that was a really cool thing that happened and so yeah i'm super happy that he was like even i mean doug jones is like whatever like i don't know a lot about him he's made some comments recently in the news that i don't appreciate very much but that's fine like he's just so much better than roy moore yeah so like it's just depressing i guess that these are the two people we're choosing for like these are the two people um that we're voting for it's like okay so let's go with the person that's not a child molester um but we're still not crazy about him either so it's just like you can never really win completely yeah, it's really sad that that's Tracy McGrady. And again, like, I'm not an Alabama voter, and I don't know a lot about Doug Jones. So for all I know, like, the people who voted for him actually think he's really great or whatever. Like, I don't I don't know, and that's really not the issue. But it, it there is, like, the very much this phenomenon of, one, not being enthused about any candidate in the race. Or two, like, your choice is between one person who's fine or one person who's evil. And then, like, that's an all right choice, but it, it it would be better if both of the candidates were fine. <laughs> anyway, I'm just really glad that a child molester was not voted into the Senate. Wow, but- look how look how high our aspirations are. Oh, you know it. I would like to make an announcement. I saw the new Star Wars movie. Okay, this is there are no spoilers in this conversation. I just want to put that out there right now. Because um, this is not gonna be in depth conversation. I just want to say I saw it. I loved it. I thought, I think I liked The Force Awakens better. I thought it was more fun. Um, but I still really liked it. And I just have to say, there's a new character that, I mean, I guess this is a little spoiler if you were like really intense about not hearing anything about Star Wars. Um, but uh, she has been impressed. So, you know, there's a new character named Rose, which I like a lot because she's got my name. And the actress is Kelly Marie Tran, um, who seems like an angel she is just so excited about everything and i love that she looks exactly like what all of us would look like if we were cast in an amazing movie like star wars like every single picture of her she is beaming and laughing and she is so fun and pure and i have my new celebrity crush (laughs) oh so wholesome so wholesome but yeah, Star Wars, I give it two thumbs up. It's actually a very polarizing movie, um, and I've been reading a lot of articles about it because I'm fascinated. But I, we're not going to get into that because Jillian hasn't Wait, seen really? it. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who really don't like it, but there's also a lot of people who really like it. Um, it's a very... So I know, like, the whole, like, I guess, divide over, oh, like, why are they remaking the Star Wars movies? Or, like, why are they adding on to begin with? Like, blah, 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 blah. Um, but so there are a lot of people, though, that really liked the first one and then just hated the second one. OK, apparently you are getting into this a little bit. But I mean, OK, so there's <laughs> I've been reading some analysis of this. I guess I will link the thing I was reading. So if you want to read about that. Um, but again, no, no spoilers. But uh, like, I mean, there's always the people who are like, why are there so many women and people of color of this movie? And it's like, just because calm down. But um even beyond that, I think there's very much um, some of the decisions that this movie made, I think, go against some of the more like 
not that it's not Star Wars, because I think it was very much like well positioned as a Star Wars movie, but one, it's a very middle movie, like it's the middle movie of the trilogy. And so it doesn't necessarily have um, the same kind of emotions and actions in the same way that like a starting movie and an ending movie do. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that like some of the decisions made go against more of the like traditional Star Wars fans idea of what should have happened. Um, I'm trying to stay vague and like the ends some and there were some things that like some things in the movie didn't make sense until the end of the movie. And like that's kind of a weird thing um, if you're not like willing to go along with it until the very end. And then you're like, oh, OK, like I see like why they did that um but yeah and i mean people are allowed to not like movies that's fine but i really like this one so i guess the ultimate test of how much you really like a movie is would you see it again i mean i wouldn't go to theaters to see it again but that's just because i don't have a lot of money but i will definitely get this movie and watch it a thousand times when it um, becomes available like so i can get it on my laptop so yes, Quinn does love this movie, and woo, yay. Yeah. We also wanted to go back in time a little bit and talk about Thor, because Jillian finally saw Thor. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good, guys. Ugh, I love him. It was so great, right? I really like Thor. The Thor Ragnarok, the new one. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I don't know, I just love Loki, like, so much. Like, he's just my favorite. He's so fun. I can... so Okay, the second you said, I just love Loki, I'm like, wow, I see that so hard. Wait, what do you mean? That you love Loki? Wait, why? I don't know. For some reason, I could just immediately picture, like, you two getting up to shenanigans. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely me, the trickster. I see it. But also, I don't know, I've just really liked, it was just like a very buddy-buddy movie in terms of like, I don't know, I think, I don't want to give spoilers, but uh, it's just an... I mean, I think we can, we can spoil Thor. Thor is old enough that we can talk about it now. So we're going to talk about spoilers for Thor now. (laughs) Okay, cool. I liked how it was just like very buddy-buddy in terms of, it was Bruce, aka the Hulk, and like him just kind of like kind of being enemies at first because you know he was in hulk form and was just like trying to beat him up and things like that but oh my god it just made me really happy how like they just have this witty banter and it's just oh my god it was just so cute they were just having such a bromance oh this whole scene when he comes out as the hulk like in the the stadium thing is so funny um because just the way that loki reacts and loki is so freaked out when he sees the hulk because you know hulk wants to beat him up um and it's just great he's like oh i know him from work <laughs> i also just like love loki how he like comes to this new planet and then just like immediately is just like um like thor is brought in as prisoner or whatever and uh the guy's like oh do you know him and loki's like nope never seen him <laughs> No, Loki is such a snake. He is the biggest snake, but he's so oh charming God. and interesting and fun. Oh, he's such a snack. I love it. Also, in the last scene, um, well, one of the last scenes when he goes to get the, like, fire something to destroy whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I forget all the proper nouns. But, um, and he sees the Tesseract. I am, And then, it, like, ke- the scene keeps going. And I lean over to my sister and he's like, so he 100% stole the Tesseract, right? And then in the trailer for Infinity Wars, he, like, has it. And I'm like, oh, yep. 
Um, yep, he definitely has the Tesseract. Oh my god, it's just, I just love how these movies are filmed, and how just, like, all these, like, subtleties always show up in other, oh my god, it just makes me so happy. It is great. Are you excited for Infinity Wars, though? Did you see the trailer for it? I did not see the trailer for it, but I am already hype. You should go see it. it is, I, oh my god, it looks so exciting. And Black Panther is coming out in February. Okay, dude, Black Panther looks sick. It looks so good. Yeah, I think I'm more excited for Black Panther just because I feel like they will be able to pull off what they're doing with Black Panther and I have less faith that they will actually pull off what they're doing with Infinity Wars and their thousand characters. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's valid. <laughs> but I'm very excited for both. Um, oh, and another movie I am really excited for next year, Ocean's 8. Oh my god. So Quinn just like... so. Um, I literally just watched the trailer today because Quinn told me to, and it was so good. It looks so good. Yeah, it's a it's a continuation of the Ocean's Eleven franchise. I okay, uh, confession. I've never seen Ocean's Eleven. I know it's a really good movie, as my parents told me yesterday, but I, I've just never seen it. But I will see it at some point. Anyway, um, this is like a continuation of it, and it's like. George Clooney's character is, is like something ocean and then his little sister is Sandra Bullock um and she's pulling off a heist now and the cast is amazing um and it's like these seven women who are um infiltrating the Met Gala to steal a necklace off of Anne Hathaway's neck and oh my god I am so excited it's so cool and also just the trailer was just like really funny because it's at the Met, right? So someone was like, wait, do we have to steal this? Like, can we just go? <laughs> and they're all like, no. And also Taylor Swift got a shout out in the trailer. So it's very on brand for us. Oh, yes. <laughs> we are very much in support of the trailer. Go watch it. I know. If it's even half as good as the trailer was, I'm going to love it. But yeah, if it's one of those oh, movies yeah. that the trailer is amazing and the actual movie is not good at all, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah, me too. Oh my god, I hate that. I hate when movies are when movies do that. When they try to play you like that. Ugh, don't play me like that. But yeah, I have a lot of faith in the cast. It's Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, who was um one of the stars of Thor also. Uh and Hathaway and Mindy Kaling and Brianna and Helena Bonham Carter and a couple other people and just oh it's good stuff. Oh, yes. We're very excited. And it's not coming out till June, so Ugh, sadness. By the time that movie comes out, we're going to be graduated from college. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> we're going to be college graduates. Oh my god, please desist. Cease and desist. <laughs> I'm not going to have a job, so I'm going to have to join the heist team to make money. That's my backup plan. Not not too shabby of a backup plan if the people in uh, Ocean 8 are the people you're doing the heist with. Oh yeah, I would just call them up and be like, do you just need a do you need a helper? I'll get snacks. <laughs> snacks. <laughs> and on that note, uh, that's gonna be all from us today. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at mixedfeelingsfm. You can also find us online at relay.fm slash mixedfeelings, um, where there's a contact form if you want to send us a message. Um, you can find me on Twitter at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thank you for talking with me, Jillian. Oh, thanks for talking to me, Quinn. Always a pleasure. I'm Quinn Rose. I'm Jillian Parker. And these were our mixed feelings. <laughs>